What's going on, everyone? Welcome to the Big Ten Takeover. I am your host, Donovan White, continuing the bowl preview and prediction series that we've been doing for the entirety of the Big Ten. Not a single team will be left out. Today, we've got the Music City Bowl, Iowa versus Kentucky. Uh, it's going to be a great one. If you haven't already, subscribe to the Takeover Sports Network. We've got you covered for every single bowl game, all breaking news, college football, anything for NFL you can think of, and more sports as those come back as well. And, of course, we are we are partnered with Price Picks. Use the promo code TAKEOVER for 100% instant deposit match up to $100. Price Picks is daily fantasy made easy. They've got an easy-to-use mobile app both on the App Store and Google Play. Entries can be made in 60 seconds or less. So, again, use the promo code TAKEOVER for 100% instant deposit match up to $100. All right, so Music City Bowl, Iowa versus Kentucky. It's almost perfect that these two teams are playing each other. Uh, line is Iowa minus two. The over-under is set at 31 points. From what I read, I believe that is a bowl game record. Uh, maybe, maybe a college ball record. I think it's a bowl game record. Uh, location, it's in Nashville, Tennessee. Great town, great spot. New Year's Eve, uh, noon on New Year's Eve. So primer to the playoffs that start later in there. There's also Bama and Kansas State going on about the same time. So I assume most guys will be on that game. But still a good matchup between an above average uh, Big Ten team and above average SEC team going at it uh, on New Year's Eve. And it's New Year's Eve. It's college ball on New Year's Eve. I mean, what more can you ask for? So uh, let's get into some key storylines from this game, obviously, big news. Will Levis for Kentucky opted out. A likely top 15 pick. Uh, for sure, first-round pick kind of depends on where you look at him on the big board of quarterbacks with Stroud or Bryce Young or Anthony Richardson, uh, whoever else you might think is up there. Will Levis has opted out. He's not going to play in the game. He'll be there with his teammates on the sideline supporting, which is always good to see. But he will not be playing. That leaves Destin Wade most likely to start for Kentucky. And we'll get into kind of how that affects their game plan, their offense going forward. On Iowa's side, it's about the same, just for different reasons. Uh, they don't have a potential first-round quarterback on their roster or didn't have one on their roster. But Spencer Petrus is out with a shoulder injury that he sustained in that last game uh, of the regular season. And backup Alex Padilla announced he was hitting the transfer portal. So he's out. And that leaves former redshirt freshman, three, former three-star quarterback, uh, Joe Labus, to start. Uh, this changes the offense for the Hawkeyes dynamic a little bit. Again, we'll get into that here in just a few minutes. Um, it, 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 it's both new quarterbacks for these two teams, so it makes it harder to pick this game because most of this team for Iowa is intact. Uh, few missing pieces that we'll get into for Kentucky that are gone, but still a relatively intact team. It's just hard to gauge it because neither of these quarterbacks have either played at all this season or have played very sparingly, so it's hard to gauge it. One thing that you can gauge is that both of these teams with these new quarterbacks, both these quarterbacks not only have the ability, but will show the ability to run the ball a little bit. Destin Wade is a very, very, very good athlete, former four-star recruit. Joe Labez, while he's a three-star recruit, has the ability to run, and he will run if necessary. Um, I don't think that changes up their offense a whole lot, but I think it adds an element to this game that will play into the over-under, dare I say, uh, the historic over-under. But in the end, we kind of know who these two teams are. We know that they're two teams with good, or in Iowa's case, my opinion, elite defenses. I think Kentucky's got a very good defense. I think Iowa, said this for a long time, one of the best defenses in the country. I think they're probably the best defense in the Big Ten. They're 
top five in most statistics. We'll go through their top 10 in most statistics. Um, but they're teams with absolutely atrocious offenses. Now, Iowa, you know, you weren't surprised that they didn't have a high-powered offense, but still it's not what Iowa's used to, having a bad offensive line, having not a good stable running game, having no production from the passing game. Kentucky, I don't think anyone was having expecting them to have a high-powered offense, but again, you have a guy that's supposed to go in the in the top 15. Some people are projecting number one to most likely the Houston Texans. And it's like, okay, how was his offense that bad? And we'll get into the numbers. Kentucky's offense was terrible this year. Terrible. And they had to play some good defense. They had to play Georgia. Um, but And they only scored six points against them. I get it. Georgia's got an elite defense too. But to be that bad with a first-round quarterback with still some playmakers around them, it's shocking. Um, so some key opt-outs, some key injuries as well. Again, most of these most of these two teams are intact. For Kentucky, they have a little less. Cornerback uh, Carrington Valentine announced he's going to the NFL. So they'll be out there starting corner. Uh, running back Chris Rodriguez Jr., their leading rusher at 904 yards and six touchdowns, has announced he is also going to the draft and not playing this game. And then running back KVOC uh, Smoke, KVOC Smoke, second leading rusher, is entering the transfer portal. So they were decimated in the running back room. They're two leading rushers uh, over, I think it was 12, 11, 1,200 yards rushing uh, and close to 10 touchdowns is gone. And then obviously Will Levis is is a huge impact for them. Again, their offense was pretty bad with him, but still it's a big impact to not have your allegedly first-round quarterback in there. When I say allegedly, Kentucky fans, I, I, I say allegedly not because I got anything against the kid. I have it because I'm a Washington Commander fan, and I'm in kind of quarterback purgatory right now, my team and I are. And so I've seen a lot of mocks for the past year with Will Levis since the last – to the 2022 NFL draft has gone by. Uh, with Will Levis going to Washington, and I'm not the biggest fan, so I, it's no bias against him. It's just I don't really want him as a commander, and I don't uh, just my own personal thing. Uh, for Iowa, really the two biggest names: Spencer Petras and Alex Padilla. And again, the backup quarterback you wouldn't think is that huge of a deal in, in a game like this, but when your starter's out and now you're playing Joe Levis, who is uh, obviously inexperienced, redshirt freshman, he's 19, 20 years old, probably 19 years old. Um, it is a big deal when Alex Padilla is out. So. Those two are for Iowa, mainly for Kentucky. Again, their offense takes a hit with their leading rushers out, two leading rushers out. Defense takes a bit of a hit with the starting corner out, and then Will Levis, obviously. Let's get into some stats. So the Iowa offense, who we all know has been very bad, very bad this year. Iowa fans, it's no shot against you or the team. It's just we all know what it's called, spade a spade. They're led by Sam Laporta, who is a future NFL tight end to continue that line of Iowa Hawkeyes tight ends. Luke Lachey, uh, son of former Buckeye great Jim Lachey, has been showing out as well. And then running back Caleb Johnson uh, has been really shining in, in moments where um, there's not always time to shine in. Uh, they're 130th in total offense out of 131 teams. So they're the second worst total offense in FBS football. 122nd in rushing offense, 123rd in passing offense, and 110th in sacks allowed. They can't throw the ball, they can't run the ball, and they can't protect their quarterback. All three of those things kind of set it up for disaster where they're ranked second worst offense in FBS. On the opposite side for Kentucky, their defense, as I said, is very, very good. 17th in total defense, 59th in rushing defense, which uh, I think Iowa fans, that's where you should look at to see if they can get some yards, and especially with a little bit of running ability from Joe Labos. You might be able to get a little more out of that. They're seventh in passing yards allowed. They don't give up uh, yards through the air. They won't give up yards through the air to any quarterback that Iowa is going to try out there. 
Joe Labus or anybody else that could have been out there, even a special features, they weren't going to be able to throw on them. Uh, they're only 106 in sacks. Kentucky does not get to the, to the quarterback well, whether it's a product of playing some good quarterbacks throughout the year, whether it's a product of playing some really good offensive lines in the SEC. I don't know, but 106 in sacks. And, you know, I, and I know Iowa's 110th in sacks allowed, but – if there's ever a time to right the ship a little bit, it's now against a team that really doesn't get home to the pass to the quarterback. Uh, on the other side for Kentucky's offense, they're led. Really, it's it's a little bare right now with most of your with, with almost all of your leading production gone from the running back room. You're kind of left and your quarterback gone. You're kind of left going, okay, we got wide receiver Varian Brown. We've got wide receiver Dane Key. Both of those have accounted for a thousand yards and 10 touchdowns total between the two, close to eleven hundred yards. Uh, re receiving for those two and then 10 touchdowns combined. Kentucky, again, it, it's an offense that I, I didn't understand. I didn't, I'll be honest, I didn't watch a whole lot of Kentucky. I watched a little bit of them against Georgia. I watched them some other SEC games, but still, their offense was, it was painful at times to watch. 107th total offense, 108th in rushing offense, 88th in passing offense, and 123rd in sacks allowed. So their offensive line, that's probably the key in spot to look at is they let Will Levis get hit quite a bit. Uh, they couldn't pass protect, obviously, and they couldn't run block. And so that's probably where a lot of those offensive woes come into. And this is where you're going to see, in my opinion, the Iowa defense have a field day. I think the Kentucky defense is going to have a great day, too, uh, just the nature of playing Iowa's offense. But Iowa's defense is elite, in my opinion. Iowa fans, I think you'd agree with me. Kentucky fans, you might not. Iowa's defense, led by Butkus Award winner 2022, Jack Campbell, one of the best linebackers in the country, uh, fourth in total defense, they're 13th in rushing defense, and they are ninth in passing yards allowed because they have those four DBs back there, uh, Riley Moss, Merriweather, Cooper DeGene, uh, and Quinn Schultz. Those four DBs, among others, too, have been elite this year. Uh, Seth Benson at linebacker, Jack Campbell at linebacker have been fantastic, too. And then this team is 36 in sacks. So not a whole – they're not top 10 in sacks, but they're top – 25%-ish, uh, uh, approximately, top 25% in team sacks. They've got D defensive end Joe Evans, Lucas Van Ness, a defensive end that have six sacks each, and then D-lineman Deontay Craig, who's got six and a half sacks. So they get to the quarterback at a decently high clip. They stop the run. They really stop the pass. And they're just uh, built from top to bottom, from defensive line, linebacker, and secondary. I think they are the most complete defense level by level by level. I think you see other teams. Georgia has an elite defensive front, great linebacker core, had some question marks in the secondary. Even Ringo back there uh, struggled against the LSU. You see uh, Michigan. Michigan's got a great defense. I don't think they're as, uh, as sturdy and as structurally sound as Iowa's defense is level by level. Ohio State has a really good defensive line, pretty solid linebacking core. Secondary is not good. And so Iowa's defense is just sound at every single level, which is why I personally think they're the best defense in the country. I think if Iowa had a competent offense, they would be 10-plus wins. I, Iowa fans, I think you'd agree. So when you look at this, again, it is hard to gauge. You have two new quarterbacks, both with a little bit of running ability, both with some unknowns of how you don't know their playing style, how are they going to show up in a nationally televised bowl game against the, you know, for the Big Ten going against the, the SEC, for Kentucky going up against – an elite defense in Iowa, and I guarantee you, Kentucky fans, you might disagree, or SEC fans, you might disagree. I guarantee you the Kentucky coaches are telling their players and their offensive players, you're going to play the best defense you've played all year. Guaranteed. Them, they're going to pair them to Georgia. Just 
technically sound. They might not have the athletes that Georgia has. They might not have the NFL picks one day that Georgia has, but they're about as good a defense as you find out there in college football. And so it's hard to pick both of the other starting quarterbacks, like I mentioned. Both are going to have new wrinkles to their offense, I would assume. Um, I, I just I don't expect that to be the deal breaker. I don't expect uh, a, a new athlete at quarterback for Kentucky to be a deal breaker. I don't expect Joe Labus to be a deal breaker for Io either. What I expect to happen is this game to be somewhat painful to watch, like a lot of Iowa and Kentucky games have been, mainly Iowa, just their, their offense has been that bad. I think the losses on Kentucky's offensive side are a big deal for them. I think Will Levis being out, I, I know Iowa's down to their third-string quarterback, third, fourth-string quarterback, and Kentucky's down to their second, I guess. I think Will Levis being out for this game is a bigger deal than Iowa being down to their third, fourth-string quarterback, in my opinion, just because Will Levis does have that arm talent and can make some plays. I think Iowa's defense is going to make more plays against Kentucky's offense, and I think Iowa's offense has a better chance to make plays against Kentucky's defense. I don't think they will make a ton of plays, but I think Iowa's defense is going to have a couple turnovers, maybe a strip sack with the way that Kentucky's offensive line is pass protected and the way Iowa can get home to the passer. It could be a lot of uh, uh, tight coverages out there leading to some coverage sacks, leading to a few extra, a second and a half, few extra seconds for Iowa's defensive line to get home or Jack Campbell to uh, just blow up the A gap or blow up the B gap, whatever it may be. I think Iowa's defense makes plays, gets stops, creates some turnovers, causes some havoc, gets that Kentucky offense off rhythm. Uh, I don't, again, this is not an endorsement of Iowa's offense, but I like Iowa minus two, basically a pick them in this game. And I'll take the over 31. I say this because bowl games, anything can happen. I don't think this will be a shootout. Both defenses are too good for that to happen. Both offenses are too bad for that to happen. Um, but I think when you do add a little bit of wrinkle with a running quarterback for both sides, when you do add a little bit of a wrinkle for, um, you know, some just new experimentation with the offense, you get some ability to have a busted play, to have, you know, an RPO set up in there, to have whatever it may be. You also have the opportunity for defenses, Kentucky and Iowa, to make some big-time plays, a pick six, a strip sack in the in the opposing team's 20-yard line, whatever it may be with these new quarterbacks starting. So I, I'm excited from an, a Big Ten perspective. I'm excited to see what Joe Labus can do. Um, I think he's 6'4". And Iowa fans, please, if, if, if he's not at all a running quarterback, you're more knowledgeable on him than I am. From what I read, it said he was a running quarterback, had some running – not a running quarterback, but had some running ability – Correct me if I'm wrong, please. I watched a little bit of the highlights, read up on him a little bit, says he's got some running ability to him. Um, I think Iowa covers. I'll take the over 31 because I'm not one to take an under when it's that low. I mean, 17 to 13, you're knocking right on the doors. I think Iowa could win 20 to 17, 20 to 16. I think it'll be somewhere around there. I think Iowa's defense and Kentucky's defense both makes big plays, whatever their pick six is or strip sack. I think both defenses shine, score some points to their team. I think in the end, Iowa's team makes one more play than Kentucky's or a couple more play than Kentucky's. And if I'm correct, the Big Ten would be 4-0 in bowl games at that point. And then after that, we get some harder ones for the Big Ten or some uh, games with, with more stakes um, at the helm. So, Iowa versus Kentucky Music City Bowl should be a good one. Again, if you have not yet subscribed to the Takeover Sports Network, 
Go follow us on Twitter at TakeOverPods. Follow my Twitter at DonnieMac98. Follow the Big Ten Takeover at Big Ten Takeover on Twitter and at TakeOverPods on Twitter as well and get up-to-date access and information for all of our content we're posting. For the channel and for the network, I am Donovan White, and I will see you all next time.